arrived at the Joe Beaver Show. 1240 Joe Radio. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning in this uh, Friday edition of the program. Last day of the week. The weekend is upon us, and that's not only good for uh, for for rest, but also for sports. I'm John Warren sitting across from me, T.J. Matthewson in Mike Parker's chair. Hello, T.J. A happy uh, morning to you, John. Yes, there was some good results Friday. last night. Good results last night. Good results, so much so I had to wear uh, maroon and gold into the office today. Well, what okay. an utter shame that <laughs> final game. I mean, you just you I really, you really. Beavers. I was thinking about the Beavers and winning. Well, yeah, basketball. it was a good good win for uh, yeah Oregon State. Now uh, going to host UCLA here at Gill on yeah. Sunday at noon. Yeah. So but, that'll be good, and quite a comeback, down 18. Unbelievable. We'll get into all of that. Yeah. We'll get into details on Ooh, that, that was and, a good, and a few other things. A good game, the, but man, uh, I, I had to, I just had to come in wearing some maroon today. Well, you, you I, wear it often. It's it's become a regular around I, here. I, I had to. Well, it's more I, have than, to, I have to show. It's more show than out. okay. It's more than okay. However, uh, <laughs> a lot of things to talk about. We'll get into the women's basketball victory last night, who they'll play, when they'll play, all of that. Mike Parker will join us at 1220 today. Get a lay of the land down in uh, the Bay Area. Uh, Carter Baines from uh, BeaverBlitz.com will join us at 1130. We'll talk not only uh, baseball, baseball, because he covers everything, but also football. He's yeah. He's got eyes on on spring practice. So what is we really haven't had a chance to talk much about it. Yeah, well, one of the few people who's been at I, almost every spring practice so yeah. far. So, yeah. that'll, be so good. that'll be good. That's coming up here in just about 23 minutes at 1130. Right now, though, I want to go over very quickly after last night's first day of uh, Sweet 16 play on the 1240 Joe Radio Bracket Challenge presented by Kellenberger Appliance. You will not believe who is atop the leaderboard right now. It's not me. There are two names (laughs) atop the leaderboard. And I'm going to bring in to the Joe Beaver Show, I think for the first time ever, she's been on the Clue Morning Update, my daughter, Miranda Warren. (laughs) Hello. Hello, sweetheart. Hi, it is a pleasure to be here. I've been waiting for this phone call my whole life. Yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> Do you, are you aware you are atop the leaderboard in the bracket challenge presented by Kellenberger Appliances? I was informed of that this morning, and it has. I'm I'm so happy. I'm full of delight to hear that. Yeah. Now, I, is, is someone tied with me? Yeah, there's someone else. Their uh, handle is Ann Swerky. I don't know who that is. Okay. But well, you, oh no, there's three of you actually. Wade, three of you with a hundred points, and then wow. 98 is the next t- a bunch of groupings, uh, a couple of 96s, 94s. I am uh, at 90. I don't know what place that is because there's so many people atop, you know, between you and me. But I'm at 90 <laughs> points because okay. I didn't get. Uh, I didn't get. Well, Gonzaga lost last night. I had them uh, going all the way to. I had Arizona winning the whole thing. So let's just click on your name here yeah. and see what. Who do you have winning the whole thing? That would be uh, Kansas. Do you have Kansas winning the whole thing? I I do have. I believe I do have Kansas winning the whole thing. The only one seed left. That's unbelievable. You you, you have no <laughs> idea how lucky you are. Um, you didn't have Arizona. <laughs> Oh, actually, you had Kansas beating Arizona in the semifinals. Huh. I, it's really confusing to read these brackets because of all the pink and what's left and what, what bracket is connected to the next one. Mm-hmm. But I will say you are atop the leaderboard. Now, 
<laughs> I know you, so it's not insulting if I say to the world, okay, tell me how you picked them, because I know you don't study it, and I know you don't know, and it's not because you're a girl or any, anything like that where people will get mad at me. It's because I know you don't know. So Yeah, so I, I actually I would love to answer that question. I also want to know, how does this feel for you that I have surpassed that the the – the, you know, student has surpassed the master is what I'd like to know. <laughs> well, one thing you're revealing to the rest of the listening audience is you're as big of a smart aleck as I am. <laughs> you, will, you know, and I can tell you that that is true. The apple does not fall far from the tree. But I actually have to say, so I, the, the one and only piece of advice I've ever been given about picking a bracket came from you. So I have applied your own advice to this bracket um, and you had you suggested to me, I think a few years ago when I, we were just kind of playing around, you said, you know, you can't go wrong by always picking the top seed. And so I did mostly that. Yep. Um, and you're not, you're not wrong in that. I, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but, and then I just trusted my gut, um, on a few of them based off of personal preference. So I have a friend, um, from Kansas and I thought, you know, she'd love it if I picked Kansas. And so I just did a little <laughs> bit of that. So um, not a lot of uh, expertise went into this bracket, but I am thrilled that it is doing so well. Well, to be truthful, y- your experience is a lot like most people picking brackets. There's some educated guesses in there. Again, educated guesses. Sometimes there's a favorite, like I chose Iowa State because I went there this year and called the Beaver game against Iowa State. They're still in it. They should have been out a while ago, but they're still in it. But that was more of a heartfelt one. And then uh, the idea of picking the the higher seeds. You did exactly what I would have done. Um, You just did it better. And I don't know what I'm doing either, so you are atop the leaderboard with two other people. I hope you win the whole thing. I'm still going to come back and beat you, but I don't think i can technically <laughs> so anyway. i i i'm just this is i think the first, the highest i've ever gone so i i have to actually thank you for your advice or i wouldn't have made it this far. now as a child of of a worker here i don't know if you're eligible for the prizes i'll have to check uh, with uh, our our lawyers on that yeah <laughs> the, the real you feel free to check the real prize here is just the glory that i get to hang over your head for the rest of my life yeah yeah i'm i'm looking forward to that <laughs> surprise for me all right have a great day talk to you later and i say that lovingly thank you so much it was a pleasure uh you got it bye all right there you go she's as big a smart aleck as i am and and would (laughs) i taught her to lord over you when you win but in a fun Mm -hmm. loving way and now she's going to do that to you absolutely i will never hear the end of this so uh, i gotta hope i can make some kind of a comeback i don't even know calculatingly what i have potential coming up what was that noise (laughs) It's her texting me. I, I have her. Uh, she's really into everything. So I, I put her music on the text, the sounding effect, as a medieval type horn. I thought someone was in the yeah. street honking at us. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's a medieval horn. All right. So, again, um, that's my daughter, and we don't spend too much time on personal stuff. Oh, but man, what those games last night. And Swerky were... and Wade are also atop the leaderboard with 100 Fantastic points. Fantastic games last Great night. Great games. I didn't like the outcome, but I, I sure loved the, the closeness, the competition. Uh-huh. A lot of people are complaining on Twitter about Gonzaga getting all kinds of... Um, Chet getting his fifth foul. Yeah. I, 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 so I didn't watch enough of that game yeah. uh, to really understand. And I just want to just like push back on that Gonzaga can't win in March narrative again because... 
They're the only team that's gone to seven consecutive Sweet Sixteens. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, mean, I really come on. don't understand how anyone can have anything negative to say about Gonzaga and what they've done. They for for the longest time it was Gonzaga can't mm-hmm. get out of the first round. Then they get all the way to the tournament, the championship, a couple of times. The problem is, is that they're so good, and they're in a tiny little corner of the country where they really shouldn't be this good. Away from the what what some would call the hub of basketball, the Eastern Seaboard. Mm-hmm. And they're the last five years, they've been one or two all year long. Yeah. And then the COVID year, when there was no tournament, they were expected to win the whole thing, yeah. which was on the heels of going to the finals the year before. Mm-hmm. So to be that good and trip up, as I was watching that, I thought, you know, they're a perfect example of proving that how hard it is to actually win a championship. 68 teams go into this tournament. 67 of them end their season with a loss. And upset, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that's how it works. It, right? It's so, so hard to do. A single elimination tournament. You can watch videos and, you know, the math on this tournament has been broken down. Just like how, like just the complexity and and just toughness of how hard it is to win this tournament. That's yeah. why it is what, what we think, the one one or two. I mean, you could may argue the the baseball and softball tournaments as well. Like one true way to crown a champion in college sports and not the college football playoff. No, it is. It's great. It, it's great because once the wrangling of who didn't get in is over with, and that happens at tip off the first Thursday, well, really the play-in game now on Tuesday, two days after the selection, you've got about 36 hours of hand wrangling and people upset and then tip off of the first four, it's in the past. Here we go. Yeah. Every year. Because your team would probably get bounced on the first weekend anyway. Half the teams are done Well, after just, one weekend. The, the complaints about too many teams from one conference, all of that. It's like, okay, we're watching now, and then that all goes away. It's too many teams for one conference. Oh, seven teams in the SEC, nine in the Big Ten. Oh, look, two Pac-12 teams in the Sweet 16, one Big Ten yeah. team, one yeah, SEC. That's right. And, and, that? and hasn't that happened the last several years? It has. It's been, last year was the biggest example. Right. And Pac-12 got five teams in. Four of them went to the Sweet 16. And our own Oregon State Beavers played yeah. a role. And went all the way to the Elite Eight. They, they would have won last night unbelievable or tonight. Run. Uh, the, the league just gets pounded on by everybody else, until, meaning uh, reputation-wise, until these things come around and then they, and then they shine. Yeah. I'd say sometimes in good reason. So now sure. I can officially say St. Peter's has as many or more wins in the past. In the, NCAA tournament than half the conference's coaches do. Yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, you can. That's a a, a a mind statistic that's true. Yeah, which is, and all six of those coaches are coming back. Yeah, I had Duke losing uh, yesterday. I to, did too. to Texas Tech, and I was feeling really good in the first ten mm-hmm. minutes of that ball. Mm-hmm. I had Duke. I think I had Duke bowing out to Michigan State uh, last weekend, which they almost did. I, w- I was wrong on that, but. I, Texas Tech was supposed to be a really good matchup for Duke, but man, when you have someone like Paulo Benchero, yeah, just he was he was good. so good. He's good. So Seattle good. zone, and I just you know I I had both those teams, so that's one of the reasons why I was up there. Yeah, had both those teams, and just you know, it just didn't go. And then I'm watching the Arizona score. Now I know you love that, but I'm watching the Arizona score going no because I want the Pac-12 to win it all to represent, and I truly a lot mm-hmm. of people thought Arizona had enough to go all the way. But on a particular night, teams can just get uh, 
they can get hot. By the way, it also brings up a fact that, and this was somebody tweeted this, and I thought, that's a really good tweet. It might have been Colin Cowherd mm-hmm. um, about the underrated nature of Kelvin Sampson. Yeah, and Houston. Houston was, if we look at Ken Palm, right, I assume a lot of our listeners know what Ken Palm is. Regard, if you don't, Ken Palm is... Um, it's statistical ranking of college basketball teams from a variety of, of Uh, factors factors, right? We, we mentioned a couple months ago on the show when Oregon state was still playing how they were almost near last in luck in the whole country, like 300 and something in luck, uh, you know, close games, rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. A a number of factors. Anyway, if you look at Houston's ranking in the Ken Palm, I think they were five. Uh, they're surrounded by one and two seeds, and they're a five seed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, you could argue, yeah, they're look, they were a little underseeded. Was it real? Arizona, I think, was two in the Ken Palm, and Houston was five. Yeah, well, and Houston was, I don't, know, I think, top twenty in both offense and defense, which is a big. That's a very common statistic among champions, where they're elite offensively and elite defensively, and Houston. It's in the Final Four last year. Kelvin Sampson Sam, just, just uh, does a great job year in and year out. We saw him in the conference uh, years ago. And Arkansas is another one that, uh, you know, Musselman is a great, He's a great coach. coach. And you don't, I don't think of Arkansas when the regular season is going in, as, a, you know, as a dominant force in college basketball until the tournament comes on. And, and what a game that was. All right, WNIT, let's get into the, the Beaver game last night. One thing that I'm watching this game thinking there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people there. And the, the lower bowl being filled and much of the upper bowl, yet it was counted as 2,500. Scott Ruick himself was uh, on with uh, Ron Callen in the postgame show and, and just kind of looking at the stats before they got underway with, with questions and reaction. And he's like, look at this. Look at this. I, I don't understand it. Why, is, why does it say 2,500? Clearly, there were more than that. Now, as it turns out, it didn't matter because if you need bigger crowd numbers to get a home court advantage, the Beavers got it. UCLA is coming to, to Gill Coliseum at noon on Sunday. Three overtimes in Wyoming. Three overtimes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that you got to remember, and, and Doug pointed this out this morning, that the first time the Beavers played, the only time the Beavers played UCLA this year, 73 to 58, I think was the final. That was coming off of a, a Thursday or a Friday night when they didn't play Oregon forfeited. and they forfeited and they wanted to forfeit apparently the game against us because of injury, not because of COVID. And an article came out recently. We've talked about it, about coaches in the conference in the last two years just kind of deciding, yeah, we do, we're not going to make the trip because it got things got so loose with COVID issues mm-hmm. that it spilled into injury issues or not being able to get a plane on the tarmac or whatever it was, the private plane Arizona State yeah, didn't yeah. want to go. Mm-hmm. And the league is going, hey, hold on, hold on. Can't. We get it with COVID because of spreading a, a, a bug. But, but if you can get on a plane, if you can go to the airport, whatever, the league has basically told them, you got you to gotta play. No, no more of this. Yeah. And dodge games to try and right. keep your what net ranking right. where and, it is. And, and so UCLA, that was right in that area. Well, we, we, we have too many injuries or whatever. Do we gain anything from going on this trip? Right. And they, 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 were, they had to play that game against the Beavers. But they were you know, severely undermanned in that game because of injury. And now they're not. So they're going to be yeah. tough. Yeah. They're going to be tough on Sunday. 
I think Beaver fans going to come out in great force. Great crowd last night. Do we call it the Elite Eight of the WNIT? Because Ron last night was saying the round of eight, which the Elite Eight is dubbed for the NCAA tournament. But could is it so wrong to say the Elite Eight of the WNIT? Um, that's a great question. Dougie and I were passing that around, and before we started to talk about it, I was thinking that very thought, going. Hmm. When doing my sports report, should I call it the Elite Eight? I think the way I chose to do it, and it'd be interesting to know what our listeners think. The University Honda text line is always open at five four one four nine seven five three five six. I don't know. I just kind of thought about it and thought, you know what? I think it's safe. I don't know that those terms. Well, they're not trademarked that I know of, but I think if you say the Elite Eight of the WNIT, I don't think that's a problem. Because I say, I mean, doesn't don't most people say the Final Four when you're talking about the NIT being played at Madison Square Garden? No, not necessarily. I think, I think you would need to specify that. You do. You have to say with or of. Because I the think Final Four of the NIT. You would assume if I just say the Elite Eight, people are like, okay, the NCAA tournament, Absolutely. Elite Eight. No, that that saying, you're right. You're, that saying, oh, as a standalone, is absolutely March Madness NCAA tournament, but. To determine or, or to to show that a team made it to a certain level, I think you can use the term. Maybe not. Tell me. I think you can use the term, though, as long as you connect it to whatever tournament it is. You could also CVB Texans. You could call it the quarterfinals as well. Yeah. I guess, yeah. So, I mean, that's for high school tournaments and other tournaments. Yeah. And, and it was for every tournament, really. But in March Madness itself, the NCAA tournament got these great sayings to determine, but it's fun. You know, you, Hey, you made the elite eight of the WNIT, which is cool because they started with 64. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think there's any harm in it. I think for, for doing it on the radio is one thing, but if you're just with your buddies, you can call anything you want. Yeah. The, the fight and the resolve of this Oregon state team is fun to watch. There's a couple, both last two games or honestly, all three games or especially, especially against long beach state. Yeah. And New Mexico last night easily could have just rolled over. Not, yeah, and you know, again, like so we have there our sixty-eight team NCAA tournament, and you're in the next sixty-four team tournament, and you're you're down fifteen at home in the first game, right, and then right. eighteen last night. It would be so easy to say, yeah, yeah, let's, it's let's, like uh, we're done, season's over. But no, no, they, they didn't do that. I gotta say too, and, and it's hard to single anybody out for fear of others being you know, uh, feelings hurt on, on a positive, but I got to say that this year, I th- I, I give a lot of, um, credit to that to Ellie Mack. I think she's the glue, her leadership as a senior and her toughness mm-hmm. is the glue. Now that's not to say the others aren't, you know, kicking in and taking it to the next gear as well, but there's, she's like, you weren't here for Jamie Wisner. I have never seen men or women a more competitive person on the floor. I mean, she would get mad and take over a team. The Beavers went to the final four and against Baylor. She she just went and and had her own unbelievably spectacular plays that were so good based off of this anger of I'm not going to let this team lose. And uh, Aaliyah Goodman had a little bit of that, although she was a little – smilier about it she didn't get the grimace on the floor but she had that that fight in her and 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 other individuals Sydney Weiss and this team uh, kind of well who's going to be that Jamie Wisner she's kind of the the name you put to that and 
I think it's Ellie Mack. If there's anybody who can throw in other names, but doesn't Ellie Mack show that senior leadership of, I want to keep this thing going. She wants to keep playing. Yeah. Really cool. Really yeah. cool to watch. I, I lot, thought, oh, this, this yeah. thing's over. And, I mean, New Mexico was as advertised. They oh, scored. Man. They were so they good. They could score. They could score, and they weren't. They had moxie. You know, they're playing in front of a big crowd, and they're up 30 to 12 and just hitting every shot they took, it seemed. But you know what carved it away? The Beavers outscored New Mexico. Let's see. They were they're down 30 to 16 after the first quarter. They outscored them 20 in the three ensuing quarters, 20 to 14 to make it. What was it? Eight at halftime. It was uh, dumping it into Yelena, uh, Yelena Mitrovich. Mm-hmm. Now she's only had three career starts, but she's really getting good at holding the ball strong, collecting it, getting in there over the top and scoring. They could not stop that little drop pass Mm -hmm. into the low post for four, five, six plays in a row. And she just went up and scored easily, easily. And I just was saying out loud, just keep doing it. Keep doing it. They can't stop it. Every single time. And then when they did and it kind of slowed down, then all of a sudden her teammates on the outside were able to get squared up for some better looks and start hitting some shots. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just worked perfectly. I thought Mitrovich was amazing. A double-double for Yelena. Uh, 13 and 11, she had, let's see, 13 and 11, no turnovers and only 17 minutes. So a few more minutes in there and, and the same play, they weren't able to stop her. Efficiency. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really great. You know, again, it, it could have been so easy to just, to just roll over. Yeah. That's no. all it is, but no. They keep going. We'll hear from uh, Coach Scott Ruick from the post-game show, a couple of sound bites, and and uh, Talia von Olhoffen, who, by the way, led with 25. She mm-hmm. she was quite Dynamite. A, kind of the quiet assassin. Five, five of 11 five of from 11. distance. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Right up your alley, a three-point shoot. All right, Carter Baines will join us coming up. We'll get Carter's thoughts on Beaver baseball and Beaver football. He's been one set of eyes that have been out there, I would assume, every chance he can get. Uh, at uh, spring practice, and so we'll get an idea of uh, some basic things with football. Of course, Deshaun Davis has entered the transfer portal. We found that out late last night. Um, talked about it on the on the Clue Morning Update. I am disappointed. I, I kind of thought, look, there's Glenn Taylor Jr., Deshaun Davis. There's a few players in there that hustled. They wanted it. There was a good article in the paper today, Coach uh, Tinkle, talking about, you know, the, the team not – being a unit and them not, you know, a lot of different issues that are on record by the coach. I don't think Davis was a part of that. I don't think Glenn Taylor Jr. Um, and the guys that shined, and I'm so I was thinking, well, he leads the, the league in, in assists. He's, he had a 31-point game. This guy is going to be good for the Beavers now for the next year or two. Uh, certainly for Glenn Taylor Jr., he's a freshman. and But then again, when everything ended – I thought I won't be surprised if a lot of guys go into the portal and whoever they are, that won't, won't surprise me. It's just, it's kind of a bummer. It's like, Oh yeah. man, that's and too it, bad. And it, it's not even if how they would view Wayne or the other coaches at Oregon state. It would just maybe be just not a, the environment was enough. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, I know it's, 
It's too bad. Even if they don't think it will repeat next year, maybe just don't want to risk that. No, it's a bummer. But you know what? Best of luck to him. Yeah. I, I wish the best for him. Let's break, TJ, and we'll come back with Carter Baines and talk Beaver uh, baseball and football up next right here on the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Have you seen Highland Bulls expanded strike zone lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded strike zone lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beeves! Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 73 years and is still here to help with all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating, cooling, and exhaust venting equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. Middleton offers several financing options for new equipment and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Give them a call or find them online at middletonheating.net. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley, an internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you're learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High-Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at Alirica.net. Alirica, the friendlier internet. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids has the right tires for the right price for your Prius, Toyota, and all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Come meet Dave's new tire expert, Eddie, with 27 years' experience in the industry and save today. Need an oil change? Get $20 off your next oil service at Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Looking for an appliance, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen, refrigerators, freezers, dishwashers, cooking appliances, washers, and dryers. If it is an appliance or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance. We offer install and delivery on the product we sell. We even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street in Lebanon. Kellenberger Appliance, the best place to buy appliances. On the web at kellenbergers.com. All right, welcome back here to the the Joe Beaver Show. Today, we're in a holding pattern because Carter's phone went directly to voicemail. He may just see that and, and call us right away, so we'll keep things open for Carter Baines of beaverblitz.com. While we were in break, an email was sent out to all the media with breaking news about Oregon State men's basketball TJ, go ahead. Uh, associate head coach, uh, head coach Kerry Rupp's contract will not be renewed 
and assistant coach Stephen Thompson is expected to remain with the program in a non-coaching role. I don't know. I, when you work with people, you get to know them a little bit, and I, I am very, very sad for Coach Rupp. He is a great man, and I know he and Wayne are very close. This had to be extremely tough for Wayne. Um, and, you know, in the, on the heels of the, the, the season and the article that was written today, kind of describing and making official um, things about the, the program and the season that was terrible at three wins. Coaches have to make, make changes and, and uh, try and find out what might be wrong or go wrong or it might not even be something that's going wrong. I know Coach Rupp... Um, May I, I honestly I don't know anything about it. I just am very disappointed because I like him so much, and uh, I think he's a good he's a good low post big man coach, and Coach Thompson as well. I mean, this guy I remember watching him in '87 in this very tournament. About your age, I was your age, going to bars, watching the tournament with buddies, and there was Stevie Thompson playing for Syracuse and Jimmy Bayheim. And he was so great. And I've gotten to know him a little bit. We live in the same neighborhood. He's given me a ride home a couple of times and, and chatted about things other than basketball. And a great family. Great family. So I don't know what role that will be uh, with, uh, with basketball. But that's, that's the news that just came out minutes ago. And a change made to Oregon State staff. Maybe a, a, say part of the snowball effect of why Deshaun Davis might be in the transfer portal. Yeah, that I who knows, who knows. We don't know for sure, but it could be that it could be that he was recruited by one of the two and was disappointed by that, but you know, the transfer portal is so open and so easy that nowadays it's almost impossible to uh to try to uh figure out why a guy goes into the portal because they just they go so fast. Now, things will slow down on the portal because you know, players will use their eligibility or their ability to, to go right and play right away. The, the COVID year will, will, will pass. And that first time transfer in the portal where you can play right away, that will pass. And it will get to a bunch of players who've already transferred. Now, if they mm-hmm. want to transfer again, they would have to sit out a year. And who wants to do that? So the numbers will decrease. They've already proven to. There was like 17 was it 1,700 yeah, was in the say, portal last year? The biggest Down to 800 now. The biggest gap will be when everyone still has a COVID year to use. Because they, they'll obviously have a full extra. Uh, there will be a whole nother class of players that can stay for a whole, an extra year. Yeah. But uh, we're still, we are still in that window. Wow. That would have wow. been a good question to open up with Carter with. But he's still not, uh, yeah. not responded. Carter, Carter, where are you, Carter. Well, um, we've got a couple of more minutes. If anybody wants to call in, 541-497-5356. Any reaction to the news that Kerry Rupp will, will not be retained and, and Coach Stephen Thompson will move over to a non-basketball coaching um, situation for him? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know, I know that uh, it's a business, but... More than any other sport, save for women's basketball 20 years ago when I was a member of all that, as the voice of the team mm-hmm. and being with them, and that's all 
all well in my past, but during that time period, it was like, oh man, you know, people you get to know and you become friends with, and then they get let go or something like that. So for me, it's been about 15, 16 years from that. And just, you know, working with coach Rupp these last few years, well, actually since he's been here every, uh, every year for one or two road trips, save for a few here and there, but, but, you know, love talking with, uh, with Carrie and getting to know him and a very good man and a good coach. And I, I don't know what the, you know, he may have wanted to go. He's, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that, uh, that's the change that's being made. And if anybody has any reaction, uh, feel free to, to free to write in on the university haunted text line and also the Downward Dog phone line, which is 541-497-5356. I'll get to you in a moment. I want to read this text. We were talking earlier about the glue for Oregon State women's basketball. And someone writes in to say, I'm very surprised that when reminiscing about glue players in the recent past, no one mentions Michaela Pivik. She was one of the main reasons for a ton of wins during her years at OSU. Plus, she could throw those little the balls all the way to the top of the, of Gill. Yeah. She, because she was a javelin uh, champion, I think in high school, I am, uh, I just missed her name in rattling off names. I, as far as me and, and, and absolutely, I agree with that, that texture that she's absolutely, in fact, you almost want to, now that you mentioned her name and I just, you know, I was rattling off top of my head. I would almost put her at the top with Jamie Weisner, Weisner, Pivik, um, in that order. Mm-hmm. So, Great reminder. Thanks for that text on that one. Michaela Pivik was and just the nicest person in the world, but a great, great glue player and really started to shine after her freshman year. She was good as a freshman, mm-hmm. but um, man, those uh, second half of her sophomore year and then junior and senior, she was, uh, uh, she was fire. She was good. So, you know, Wayne, John, what does he look for here in his replacements? <sighs> Well, first of all, you got to have guys who have connections and can recruit. Now, to answer that question is not to say that Kerry couldn't do that. I do not know why this move was made. I'm not surprised that a move has been made when you come off a rough season like that. But then again, as Jim Wilson pointed out when we had Jim on the show weeks ago, you and I did, I like the idea he's just so level-headed that you throw out like a gymnastics score. You throw out the best, you throw out the worst. Last year was the best, this year was the worst. And then you keep going. But they decided to make a change and not re, not uh, renew his contract. He is older, he's older, so I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about why they did it, but to answer your question, I don't want it to be that Kerry wasn't this way, but obviously it's got to be someone who can recruit. Yeah with connections, and maybe have, um, you know, the positives with going with a youthful set is there's more of a, the the players can relate to them a little bit better. But then again, you don't want to say that as a blanket statement because then all coaches over the age of a certain age should, should not be there, and that's not true either. But I can see where it would be advantageous um, and then X's and O's, I think coaches, when you get to that level, they all are fairly adept at X's and O's. And mm-hmm. it's the coach, the head coach who's, you know, making the ultimate decisions during the game anyway. 
and they and 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 teachability. You want a guy who knows how to teach the game. Carry was great at teaching low post players. I thought. Seems to be in this day and age, it's all about recruiting. Yeah. And by recruiting, are you looking at character or recruiting? Hey, we want to go get a four star guy. Oh, you got to get character over anything. I I believe. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a two. Two and a half, three star guy with character over a four star guy who's a cancer. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying anybody was a cancer. The article itself said that guys weren't on the same page and all of that. I'm just saying on any team and all of the past and all the games and teams and, and, and speakers and coaches that I've been around in the last 50 years since starting sports as a little kid, um, so many things come down to uh, chemistry and character. Chemistry, yeah. where a bunch of high character players get together, they form a good chemistry, and then they do really well. And how many teams do we see that maybe a little bit under talent from other teams, and they work really well as a unit on and off the court, and they succeed? Beaver baseball is a great example of that. Year in and year out. Now, Pat Casey might be listening and say that's not true, but the years that the five years I've been had been working with the Beavers, um, just being with them on the buses and watching them, those guys, they love each other. I mean, they get along so well. And it, I think, has a huge factor in the success of a team. Clearly, if there's a really standout, you can't have a four or five and a bunch of, t- you can't have a, bu- a four or five that is an absolute ne'er do well and will hurt your team and is a cancer. You can't do it. But you can have some fours. Who might if not be the character along. you want, but they all get along. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a it's a it's a balance. It's a balance. It's curious. So uh here, this text from C isn't a text from CBB isn't at least uh as big that Stephen Thompson also quote unquote leaving moving to a non coaching position. Well he's Absolutely just, he's not is. on the coaching staff. No, that's a big story, He's off too. The coaching we, just, staff. we just were talking about Carrie Rupp. Yeah. But absolutely I could he spend is. as much time on Stevie Thompson. Yeah. I mean, there's a story there that I don't, we don't know because the story just broke. We don't know the factors and the particulars of that, that move. So yes, I mean, like the person who's saying, you didn't mention Michaela Pivik and CVB saying, you're not talking about Stevie Thompson. Well, the show's not over, but absolutely those, those guys are equally as to me impactful in this move that has been made on a personal level. I just, I just like them so much and have so much respect for them. But again, we can't be surprised after that season. Something no. was going to change. Yeah, absolutely. Something had some something. You can't go three and twenty eight and then just. I will say I wasn't thinking this though. I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking. I was thinking. You know, there's probably going to be a be lot some of transfers. Transfers. Yeah. That they're that the kids are going to themselves just say, "I'm out of here." That now it seems to be a surprise. Combination anybody. of both. But coaching moves. Moves. I thought. Well, maybe only one time did I was I having a conversation with someone where I thought, well, maybe. But only because of the uh, the assumption that when things go really, really, really bad, some coaching changes are made. I didn't know that there were issues. Nobody knows. You, only Mike doesn't know. It's all internal stuff. I mean, they're, they're their own family. So we, we can't really speculate on it. I'll just say that I'm going to miss those guys. And uh, I hope to be able to still see Stevie Thompson on campus and be a part of something. 
But I wonder yeah, what that's, that role that's big would be. news. And I, I'll say this: that uh, Jeff says bring in Larry Kristowiak. That's not a they're they're, they're buddies. Wayne and Larry is uh, are so. Maybe that's a move. I don't know where Kristowiak went that after his, losing his job at Utah. Where would he take an assistant job? I don't know. I, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of people will do what you know will do a thing like that mm-hmm. in their career in the world of coaching, rehab their image or the world their of, reputation. of leading something. Yeah. You know, you just that's that's where you come down to character. Is are you a person who can? Take that step back and not be in charge after you have been in charge before. Yeah, we'll be we'll be curious. So some big news out of uh, Oregon State basketball about Kerry Rupp and Stevie Thompson. Uh, yeah, we were hoping to talk with Carter Baines in this uh, bottom half of this first hour. However, uh, we were still unable to reach Carter. He has uh, not responded to me poking him uh, on a text message. So we'll have to see if we can reconnect later in the show. His time slot is, is slowly going away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we will make room for Carter. He's a great guy. Um, I missed your name. Your first name. Is it Doug from Eugene? Dev. D-E-V. Hey Dev. Yeah. What do you got? How you doing? Hey guys, that something needed to change either the coaching staff or the players, but that you can't go three and 28. And, you know, after the, the first year that they went to the tournament with Gary Payton Jr., knowing that the next year they had won five games, but Trace got hurt, they had something to build off because they still had Stevie. What do you see that they can build off with this staff and this, this roster? I actually thought they could have built off of Glenn Taylor Jr. and Deshaun Davis. Davis now, is, is leaving. Is Taylor still here? I mean, yeah. is he yeah. transferring also? Or not to my knowledge? He's not in the portal right He's now. He's not in the portal. Just, 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 just Deshaun, and that that one shocked me. Oh well, disappointed me. Nothing would shock me when you go three and whatever. Nothing shocks you. You're, you're right, Dev. You're going to expect changes. It just hurts Something when you see it change happen. Because listen, that's a big revenue sport for any any university yeah it sure is they were drawing less than a thousand people i would take it at times that's not acceptable you've got to put a product out there that's going to be good now you watching these tournament games it's guard play guys that's college basketball yeah you cannot continue to go what they're doing trying to force the ball down low where we don't have big men that are skilled enough to be successful get guards in here recruit When's the last time we went out and found a guy that could shoot the ball? And you can't say Gerald Lucas because there's guys that shut him down completely yeah. because he can't get away from them. Well, so you gotta, you're, you're not recruiting, and that's the problem with this staff. They don't recruit well. That's why I think that when TJ poses the question, what do you look for, that's, that right there is number one, is, is someone with connections who can recruit. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you look at what, okay, the, the two kids that, that had come in after the Thompsons were both from the same school, and both of them struggled to play at this university. One actually stepped down after halfway through the season, but he can't shoot. Tinkle has never had point guards. He's always had to put the Thompsons at point guards. He can't coach point guards. And point guards is the key to your success in college basketball. Period. Watch the good teams. Look at what Ethan did last year because he became the leader and the point guard of the team. And 
actually drug us to the friggin' final eight. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous how bad the coaches have been towards guards. It's terrible. Dev, that is a that is a good call. I, I agree with your assessment of Ethan and how he put the team on his shoulders and got him to the Elite Eight. His leadership and his leadership off the court, too, was so crucial. He A lot of things that, that were chronicled in the paper that happened off the court would not, not have happened under Zach Reichel and Ethan Thompson's leadership. Would you agree? You're exactly right. You, you hit it right on the head. There were guys that were there for three to four years that put their heart and soul into the and that transfer portal, what they did last year by bringing all these, those are the guys that brought these guys in. How did you not know what you were bringing into the university? You know, it's funny because um, I saw this at the beginning of the year, Dev, when with the team in Ames, that team was two wins last year, Iowa State, two wins. And uh-huh. uh, they, they brought in like seven portal guys. And in fact, every team that the Beavers played, it seemed this year in the non-conference had six or seven portal guys, just like Oregon state. And it was for Iowa state. It's a perfect example, how it worked. It's okay. Right. For Oregon state, it's an example, how it didn't work, bringing in that many new faces and, and chemistry and all that. Were they guards that could shoot? Well, none of them could shoot. Right. You've got to find kids. <laughs> You watch some high school basketball. My goodness, there's kids out there that can play the game. They, they can shoot the ball. We, we, we're not recruiting well enough, just flat out. And that's the problem with Oregon State. And I understand you have a soft spot for the coaches. And you know what? I don't want to see anybody lose their job. Yeah. But if I'm not performing at my job, am I going to lose my job? Yeah, I'm going to lose my job because I'm there to perform. You're not wrong. You're right, Dev. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Dev from Eugene making good points. And he's speaking of guards in Oregon State yesterday or Wednesday got a commitment from Nick Crass. Now, uh, I hear Wayne's really Mississippi, a Biloxi. Uh, He is a guard, 6'4, I think 185. uh, Because I'm looking at the the recruiting, uh, what they have. They haven't updated and put him in the. twenty four seven at least hasn't put him in their twenty twenty two recruiting class, uh, but both guys, uh, Jaden Stevens and Tyler, uh, I pronounce this last name, uh, Bildo, Bilo, I, oh, below, uh, below, below, uh, below, I think it is. Yeah, um, both forwards, not guards. You know, here's the thing, uh, Dev. I, I should have said this when you were still on the air with us. Um, I'm not trying to just say something after you're gone so you can't come back to it. But I'll just say I disagree a little bit with Dev. I agree wholeheartedly about shooting. you got to have people can, who can shoot. And is that a lost art or what? I mean, pure shooters, where you've got your elbow in, you release, and you hit, and you, you know when that guy shoots, he's going to hit him almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Not Jared Lucas, for me, is a great shooter, but a lot of times he's covered, they can shut him down, or his release is so quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are players who all they do is grow up they shoot and shoot and shoot and they can shoot when they have the ball um was it a was his preference a point guard who could shoot well i think that but also someone who can guard who can shoot and you can count on them but a point guard for other reasons someone who can facilitate and yeah i know you know i'm sure every team wishes they could have a player like this yeah but like 
when when it comes down to it, hey, we need a shot. And he's like, I got. You. Yeah, I think I, got you. I think I think Dev's not wrong in saying you, you, it's guard oriented. You got to have a shooter, but you got to have a good point guard. The point guard yeah. doesn't have to be a great shot. I think it helps if he is, but but the point guard has to be a true point guard where you are the quarterback. You're driving. You make unbelievable bounce passes. You would give up anything to make sure you got an assist. You control the offense. You settle things down when it gets out of hand. And oh, by the way, you can shoot. The two guard then just has to worry, like Talia being able to move over to the two and and goes for 25 and has really shined mm-hmm. since not necessarily having to, to, to run the point or- and can shoot. But here's where I disagree with Dev, and this is just a, a slight disagreement in that. I think there's still a lot of the game. There's still room in the game for a, a big man. You need balance. Though, I but love we, we saw low post play by big men. Let's look at the difference between Gonzaga this year and last year. So sweet 16 this year, last year lost in the championship. Who do you think would be a more important piece to Gonzaga? Chet Holmgren or Jalen Suggs? Mm, that's a good one. I think Zach Collins needed to stay in school. He'd be a senior this year, wouldn't he? How about Probably, that team? But he's... Oh, he's making good money in the I know, NBA. I know, I know. There's so <laughs> many, there's so many great players that leave. You go, man, just think if they, it was the old days. They would have stayed, and they stayed, and you had all these guys for four years. They'd never lose. But that's but, like me saying, oh, what if Spencer Torkelson stayed for his senior year? I mean, yeah, he probably would hit 40 home runs. I love the Gonzaga game. I love the big, tall guys with the skinny, skinny chest yeah. and the skinny, long arms. I love the low post game. I love it. But I also love a true point guard that mm-hmm. Dev's talking about, and the and the shooter, Jim Paxson. Just love yeah, those, yeah. All of those aspects. If you have those three aspects, how do you lose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great point guard play, one real pure shooter, and a great low post guy. Yep. Drew Eubanks was great at Oregon State, and then along came. Uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank again, and I just uh, saw it the other day. Uh, Kyler Kelly. I mean, I love those guys for what they could do with the low post, especially with shot blocking balance, abilities. especially what. If you're not going to recruit at the level of Kentucky, you do need you need balance in yeah, your roster. Yeah, and <laughs> was not there. Let's take a quick break and come back. Wrap up this hour. Next hour, we're going to hear a conversation TJ had with Brady a, Vernon, a, a D1 Softball.com expert. And, uh, and then Mike Parker will join us at 1220 and open phones after that. So wide open here on a Friday afternoon with more basketball to come, not only in NCAA March Madness, but also for Oregon State women's basketball noon on Sunday against UCLA. Back after this. Need an extra bed for the family? Expect an out-of-town guest this summer? Not sure where they're going to sleep? You could add a new bedroom onto the house, or an easier and less expensive solution would be to buy a futon from Futon Man in Corvallis. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes. Their mattresses are highly resilient, have a long-lasting foam core, and are made right in the store. There's lots of decorative cover choices, too. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99, or online at futon-man.com. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. 
If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Kraken Cards combines the worlds of sports cards and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. OSU fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. KrakenSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. Looking for an appliance, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen, refrigerators, freezers, dishwashers, cooking appliances, washers, and dryers. If it is an appliance or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance. We offer install and delivery on the product we sell. We even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street in Lebanon. Kellenberger Appliance, the best place to buy appliances. On the web at kellenbergers.com. All right, we got about a minute left in this hour. Um, yeah, we'll have to try for uh, Carter on another day, unless he calls back in the after twelve thirty today. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mike, Mike will join us at twelve twenty. Find out what's going on with the Beaver baseball team. It's one of the venues I haven't seen. Um, it's a very interesting setup in Berkeley. It's right next to Harmon Gym, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like the 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 left field line almost borders the the back wall yeah yeah although there's not a lot there's no foul territory right not really if you're hitting a foul ball it's going off the arena (laughs) well there you go that's uh ground rules got to go over the ground rules um yeah that'll be fun to talk to mike and get his reaction to the email that was sent out by uh basketball uh sports information about uh carrie rupp's uh contract not being renewed and Stephen Thompson being moved to another another area. So we'll, there's two openings then for uh, for coaching. Mm-hmm. The hour is done. We'll be back uh, coming up here in just a few minutes with our number two and some softball talk here on Joe Radio. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. For years now, Wall Street has speculated that Apple someday could adopt a subscription model for iPhones. That time appears to be now. Bloomberg News reports Apple is working on a subscription service for the iPhone and other hardware, which could make Apple devices accessible to people who might be reluctant to buy them at full price. The service is expected to launch by year's end. While this may not bode well for the spring house-selling market, pending home sales, a measure of signed contracts on existing homes, declined 4.1% in February from the prior month. The National Association of Realtors also says pending sales were down 5.4% from a year ago. That marked the fourth straight monthly decline for pending sales. U.S. stocks are mixed today. The Dow Industrials up 80 points. The S&P 500 ahead by 13. The Nasdaq Composite, though, is down 42. U.S. oil futures rose. May crude up 1.4% to settle today at 113.90 a barrel. That's your money now. That dinner was delicious. What's next? Uh, I'm thinking just the check. 
Do you frequently have gas, bloating, diarrhea, stomach pain, or loose oily stools after eating? One or more of these symptoms could be a sign of exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, and it may be time to talk to your doctor. If you have EPI, Creon may be right for you. Creon, pancrelipase, is an oral prescription medication that treats EPI. Creon replaces enzymes you may be missing to help you break down food properly. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosis and colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Do not chew capsules or contents as this may cause mouth irritation. Tell your doctor if you have unusual or severe stomach pain, bloating, trouble passing stool, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, worsening of painful swollen joints, or allergic reactions. Other side effects may include changes in blood sugars, gas, dizziness, or sore throat and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Talk to your doctor about Creon, the number one prescribed EPI treatment, and visit gocreon.com. That's G-O-C-R-E-O-N.com. Or call one 800 63 for auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 Edward Jones, member SIPC. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another golf minute to help you get a better angle on your bunker play. Opening your club face at address when faced with a greenside bunker shot is good technique. The problem is that you have to make sure you do it correctly. When getting ready to hit your bunker shot, first rotate the club face open about 10 degrees, then place both hands on the club. If you grip the club first, then rotate the club, the face will return to square during the swing and you lose the benefit of added law. After taking your grip, lay the club shaft away from your target as you are addressing the ball. This creates a small angle between the shaft and your left arm, so the sole of the club will more easily slide through the sand, lifting the ball out high and landing soft. So remember, when you find yourself in a greenside bunker, Take your proper grip and lay the shaft of the club slightly back. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Overs. Nerds! Dreaming of a change of pace? Let NerdWallet help you compare your way from here to there. Compare investing accounts to expand your portfolio and your horizons. Then, use NerdWallet to compare mortgage rates for a home with peace and quiet built in. Huh. Compare your way there. Find the smartest financial products for you on NerdWallet. NerdWallet Compare Inc. NMLS 1617539. NerdWallet is not an investment advisor nor an investment broker. Information is for educational purposes only. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
They're coming from everywhere. Seems to be a great deal of traffic here for Country Road, it's sick. Corvallis, Oregon. To see the total eclipse of the sun. I'm talking about the sky, McIntyre. Mike McIntyre and the Buffaloes are coming, amongst many others. Seems to be a great deal of traffic here for Country Road, it sinks. Sight worth seeing. I know how you must feel. Yes, but not everyone's on board. And look at that sky. You look at it. But for everyone else, excitement is sky high for life in Corvallis. Sky is amazing. There seems to be a lot happening in it all the time. If it's happening, you'll hear about it on the Joe Beaver Show. I'm expecting something special from there. Keep your eyes skinned. I want reports. Oh, you'll get reports all right. The best reports on the Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. Nothing I can say. Total eclipse of the heart. And away we go with the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Hour number two of the Joe Beaver Show. John Warren with TJ Matthews and Mike Parker will uh, join us at 1220. Down uh, from uh, the Bay Area as the Beavers get ready for baseball tonight. There's a great pitching matchup tonight, TJ, for uh, between Oregon State and Cal. Josh White, Cooper Jerpy, two of the, the best in the Pac-12. Josh White, uh, both these guys draft eligible. They should... I mean, both might go uh, in the range of between the third and fifth round, I think, based on signability, I think. So, you know, both are uh, in the top for strikeouts, too. So, uh, Jerpy is 44, Josh White is 30, uh, 43. They're two of the best, two best in the conference. And it'll be interesting for Oregon State. This is going to be by far their toughest test on a Friday night. Oregon State on Friday nights has won by an average of 14 to 1. All five Fridays they have played with Cooper Jerpy on the mound. They have won by an average of 14 to 1. I, I have a hard time thinking that's what it's going to be tonight with the pitching on the other side, but it's two of the best. And also in the Cal lineup, Dylan Beavers, who is going to, who is a projected first-round pick, left-handed hitting mm-hmm. outfielder, he'll have his hands full with Jerpy, who's just a nightmare for lefties. What do you, how much wiggle room do you think there is for Jerpy if you're predicting you know, maybe third round? How much can do you think he could do to, and how high could he go? I think a lot of Jerpy stuff, it's just how they would project him as a starter in the future. You know, does he have a third pitch he consistently lands in the zone? I mean, how sustainable is his delivery to keep his control and command going up through the minor leagues? I mean, that, those are the big things he looks at. Because Jerpy last year would you know, struggle a little bit with command. This year has been much, 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 much better in that department. But it's, it's how sustainable do you think it is? Especially with that sidearm roll, people are like, oh, I mean, it looks like kind of like Chris Sale, right? But Chris Sale is almost one of a kind. Yeah. It, 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 how, how reliable is that? So that, that's something to, uh, to keep an eye on. All right. Let us know what we've got here. Yeah. You had a conversation with uh, someone. Now we've, we've had Aaron Fitt on. We've had uh, Kendall Rogers on from D1Baseball.com. Uh, we most recently had... Rooney on, mm-hmm. I forget his first name. Mike Rooney. Mike Rooney. You and I had Mike Rooney on. In yeah. fact, he was fantastic. All from D1Baseball.com. Rooney's still working with ESPN. But there's a D1Softball.com. Yeah, uh, the, I guess, uh, a fil- the other side of D1Baseball.com is D1Softball.com. Uh, one of my good friends from school, Brady Vernon, a, uh, a writer for D1Softball.com. He's one of the most knowledgeable people I know when it comes to the sport of softball and the Pac-12 specifically. He writes the the Pac-12 sort of 
notebook every week on d1softball.com he's very in tune with the conference and coaches and the players and is really good to to learn from him a little bit about oregon state uh and the conference overall as well i asked brady and before we get into this i just want to preface that there was a little bit of audio issues with his phone. Mm-hmm. We'll kind of get a feel for it as it goes along. We may have to cut it short, uh, but we want to get as much of this in as we possibly and can. And we won't get the whole thing in because I think the yeah. interview itself went 24 minutes, and we have Mike coming up in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but I did. I started off asking Brady uh, about the non-conference schedule for Oregon State and how that kind of leads into Oregon State heading to Tempe last weekend to face ASU. Yeah, and I think the offense is kind of more of the pleasant surprise just because you had so many freshmen that coming in. And honestly, do I have to do that or that or that? There we go. Probably winning against Texas State, Jessica Mullins, who you know that's the team that was in NCAA regional last year. Um, they played pretty well against Alabama and like Montana South, like in the neutral field. And the fact that they did kind of go on that run and, like, doing it without home games is pretty impressive. And I think when you have someone like Frankie Moody who can carry, like, a lineup from Powerwise, that's, like, the freshman kind of come in and do this thing. And, you know, you don't need a whole lot when you have Maya Maison in the circle and you know, she's helping herself out in the lineup. And so I think they pitched really well, and I think during the non-conference, we do have some quality wins that, Maybe people who don't follow softball as closely as I do kind of see his quality. Like um, a team like the Paul was actually a really good team coming into this year from the Big East. Um, Iowa's always strong. And then I think the one that's going to help the resume the most is that winning against Tennessee up in Mary Nutter because Tennessee's likely the host regional this year. They actually got it done against Ashley Rogers, who's a top tier pitcher in softball. And so I think a lot of people are surprised, myself included, how well Oregon State is playing. And, you know, they're, they're just streaky games where, you know, they're not playing the toughest opponents. But I think when Laura Bird made the schedule, I think she had to keep in mind that she had so many freshmen and players coming in that, you know, they kind of couldn't take it as hard as they usually could. And you kind of see if other teams do across the nation or not. So what would a typical scheduled Brady then look like if she was scheduling a little harder? How many more Power 5 opponents would uh, Laura want to schedule? For example, I mean, y- you mentioned it, so I'm counting the the non-conference opponents for Oregon State softball, Alabama, uh, Iowa, Tennessee, Baylor, and I believe that's it. Those are the only ones. So uh, what, yeah. how many more would they, would they look for? Well, it's... It's also that constant battle, I think, that teams out west kind of have where, um, you know, they're trying to find close games at the same time. But, I mean, example, for a team like Arizona State that, like, they that can host tournaments, you know, they got Duke and Oklahoma State, like, early on, um, and they're on the backfield. But then, like, a team like Oregon, I think Oregon saw um, – better than it did last year, taking a trip to the East Coast, taking a trip to Florida, they're really challenging themselves because, you know, Oregon went to North Carolina and they went to Texas. Arizona State went to Texas for a road trip. You know, they played Texas. Oregon played uh, North Carolina. They had like a, another Big East team in Utah. And so I think what 
like, for instance, it's way better when you have five games and you play one ranked opponent. Like, you're probably not coming away with the hardest schedule. I mean, for instance, like, Arizona played Oklahoma. Um, UCLA played Missouri and Northwestern. And those are kind of, you know, the ranked teams that are going to make your check the schedule, like, pop up when we get to selection time. And so I think she could have added maybe a couple of games if they wanted to challenge themselves, but I just don't think that was necessary for this team. And I think the Pac-12, I think, right now is the second highest in RPI amongst all the conferences, and I think that itself would be it, and we've kind of seen that, and they're still sitting inside the top 30. So I don't really see it falling the whole much unless they really start to fall off, which that may be dependent on Mariah's health. Yeah, we could let's touch on Mariah now. We haven't seen her play um, since that Robert Morris doubleheader back on March 7th. Uh, The Beavers managed to make it through the rest of the non-conference schedule without her. They won both of those Robert Morris games. Then they won three out of four versus Portland State and North Dakota State before conference play starting the next weekend after that, which is the weekend uh, prior to Brady and I speaking right now. Um, and getting swept at ASU. And, man, she is really important. And she threw five no-hit innings against Robert Morris and hitting 370 at the plate as well. And besides all of that, Brady, I mean, she's also the, the, the only returning pitcher in the circle in a conference that will absolutely mow you down if you blink for a second. And I'm, I, I'm just out on a limb a little bit. Didn't I haven't asked Laura Berg about this this week, but... That that might be a little bit of what happened down in Tempe. And, you know, not a lot of people like to think this, but Brian Nagon really has been steady of old, like kind of ace in the back and, and and that's the thing is, you know, Arizona State played plays really well at home and has really good bats, and so when you have to throw out two inexperienced back twelve pitchers like. You know, they battled with Arizona State, but it's just hard to ask them to be perfect. And I know there's some command issues for their setting that were kind of unusual. And then, but that's the thing. That's their first weekend in Pac-12 play. Like, some stuff that are going to be, just going to be unusual and it's a different feeling. It's going to really push you. It is a Pac-12 team, especially in the road. But the other thing is, you know, Ryan makes a difference in the lineup as well. And I know she's quality pitching and the other thing is you know, she has a track record against Arizona State she has a win against them in 2018 when they went to the Women's College World Series she beat them in Arizona State in the past of opening 2019 she you know when she took a series from them last year when they hosted a regional and so just having her presence be there especially for this young team is a lot so I think you know when we return home it's going to be a little bit easier but you're still facing another quality team in Stanford, and that's just the thing about Pac-12 play is every weekend it's going to be a battle. And if you're missing your best player, it's going to be hard for him. T.J. Matthewson with Brady Vernon of D1Baseball.com. D1. A little bit of a softball. So, yeah, you're there, right. you there you go. A little bit of a struggle with the audio, but yeah. you know, mo- most of it came uh, through. That was all right. Lots of good stuff there, yeah. especially on Mariah Maison and yeah. how important she is to this Beaver softball team. She really is, and I, I remember doing my prep on Mariah. I mean, she she was she didn't have to come to Oregon State. She had you know offers from 
Uh, I could pull it up here really quick. She she was very highly recruited out of um, out of high school, but she still decided to come here to Oregon State and has cemented herself as one of the aces in the Pac-12, which is it's a that's a very very high status. She she I'm gonna pull it up real quick while I kill some time. By the uh, way, Oregon State is a uh, what a 28 RPI. 28 in the RPI. They'll be at home this weekend uh, against Stanford for three games, and they are. RPI Stanford is 45th in RPI last I checked. It might have updated. And might be the easiest, if you will, yeah. for lack of a like, better look term. Look at these other schools. The she, she was, uh, Mariah was recruited to. She was recruited to ASU. She was recruited to UCLA and Oklahoma. But she came to Corvallis. That's great. I hadn't heard that. That, that That's uh, as that's top as line as you top can get. Line, yeah, exactly. And UCLA and Oklahoma are probably too. Uh, we talked about it a little bit later on this conversation, which I don't think we'll have time for. But... We uh, UCLA and Oklahoma are, uh, I think, clearly the two best teams this year. Uh, so that that would have been something. But Mariah, you know, she is she is the glue and part of the reason why the the Beavers struggled down in Tempe. The Beavers are twenty three and seven. They've got three at home this weekend, uh, and then actually on was it Monday? No, it's next. Okay, next week they'll go to St. Mary's for a non conference before a, a weekend series at Cal. So they have Stanford this weekend. Today's game is at 6 o'clock at Kelly Field. Tomorrow, 5 p.m. And on Sunday at noon. Everything is happening at noon. On Sunday. WNIT basketball, baseball, baseball. and softball all at noon. Yeah. Uh, the women's game on noon at noon, by the way, uh, for basketball will be on 1340 Clue. Baseball here on Joe will stream basketball. And um, uh, we'll, we'll have baseball, of course, on... Uh, on twelve forty gel radio, mm-hmm. so there's a lot going on. But but uh, twenty three and seven, you didn't get a chance to get to the question that I think is is one of the most important because, like you were saying, the whole SEC is in the top thirty. Thirty three. All four. Think of this: fourteen teams in the SEC. All fourteen are in the top thirty three of RPI. But the Pac-12 overall has, I think, more teams ranked higher than that. So there's still overall strength in the conference that I believe, and this used to be the case until one year, about, I don't know, three or four years ago, that you you, you finish 500, you make it into the regionals. Now it's in the top 32 for the SEC. All 14 are in the top 32, and uh, I would guess the Pac-12 updated too. And everyone's in the top 47. Cal is 47. Utah, 44. Stanford, 37. Arizona, 33. Oregon State, 28. Arizona State, 18. Washington, 15. UCLA, 7. Oregon, 5. Wow. I mean, it just doesn't get any easier. It's tough. All right. We'll see if we can get Mike Parker on the line. Um, And that's next. This is the Joe Beaver Show for a pretty good-looking Friday afternoon. I'm John Warren along with TJ Mathewson on 1240 Joe Radio. Trump's Hobbies in Corvallis has been a full-line old-fashioned hobby shop since 1972. Stop by and see their selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters. Trump's has model trains, rockets, drones, fantasy games, and puzzles, plus paints, parts, and accessories. They're also proud to support schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley and the Oregon coast. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done... 
or Vallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves! If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. Cracky Cards combines the worlds of sports, cards, and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Cracking Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Cracking Cards is for you. OSU fans, Cracking Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Cracking Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. CrackingSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. Whether you're looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at NTech, we're looking for you. NTech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $19 to $23 an hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals. Immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com, ntech.com, and click the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. Hey, this is Randy Hall down at the Angry Beaver Grill getting all fired up about things going on down here. Come test your knowledge in our Tuesday night trivia. Enjoy food and drink specials and don't miss our Friday night prime rib and salmon dinners. Every Wednesday night starting at 5 o'clock, come try our $7 all-you-can-eat spaghetti dinner with garlic bread and salad. At the Angry Beaver, it's always game night in our upstairs video arcade and game room featuring air hockey, pinball, pop a shot, and more. So let's get fired up and support local down at the Angry Beaver on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. No, I want to play a little bit of, um, as we welcome you back to the show. Uh, by the way, the uh, University Honda text line always open, 541-497-5356. Um, Kurt from Flomath asking, uh, they're going to email. I think Kurt uh, texted us, was texting the wrong number. <laughs> I think I, you're I right. Can't, I can't give you, Kurt, I don't think we can give you an estimate on your tailgate. <laughs> That's hilarious. Kurt, by the way, was in agreement with me. I wasn't really countering Dev, but just saying that I really think that the big man has to play a big role. I love the big man in college (laughs) basketball, but he says he agrees with me on that. Besides a point guard uh, who is a true on-court leader, Beeves need a strong interior presence. Okay, yeah. All right, I think that's true for every team. But then Kurt comes back with, they're going to email me the estimate. Even for something simple, they're booked out until August. They're not sure if they can find a tailgate or not. <laughs> I wish we were booked out until August. That is 100% something I would do, where you're just ripping along, you text someone, and then you text someone else, 
but you didn't. You think you are, but you're texting the original person you were texting, and it means nothing. There wasn't anything in there that reveals who Kurt is or what he's involved with, but clearly, you, you, it's funny you noticed that. He's, uh, I think he would make We know he needs else. a tailgate. That's what we do <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> so now we can have fun with that. Uh, Kurt, did you get your tailgate? <laughs> we're going to need an update on this on Monday. Yeah, we do. We need an update on this from Kurt on whether or not he gets his, uh, his tailgate. Um, let's go to some audio here. If I can find it now, here we go. Uh, from last night, Beaver coach, Scott Ruick on, uh, first of all, the crowd. And I, I, I went past, there was an area when coach Ruick was on the air saying, well, why does this say 2,500? Come on. There's more than 2,500 people here. And that was on the air, but I skipped past it for his first answer about the crowd. But he's right. I mean, I'm looking at that going, there's way more than 2,500 people. Now, in the end, it didn't matter. They get the home game against UCLA on Sunday at noon. They were always going to get a home game against yeah, UCLA. Yeah, but uh, you kind of want to give them credit. I thought the crowd was phenomenal for Oregon mm-hmm. State last night. And <laughs> and so did um, so did Beaver coach Scott Ruick. Unbelievable. And, you know, this crowd lived through the first quarter, though, on the first half, you know, where we gave up 40 some right. points or whatever it was. And and so, um, you know, to to find a way to get some momentum towards that end of that second quarter into the second half, um, you know, to take a big shot from them throughout the second half and then find a way to pull it out, you know, where they've got a shot to tie it, you know, in the last five seconds. That's pretty exciting. And and so that uh, ovation there at the end out at, at center court that brought back some great memories. And I'm so happy for this team and for Beaver Nation to experience, uh, you know, that feeling and that emotion right there. That's that's uh, that's why we all do this. Ellie Mack, I think, is the glue on this year's team. And uh, Michaela Pevic, Jamie Wisner, Sidney Weiss. In the past, those players that are so competitive, they do so much for you, and they're not going to allow you to lose. And uh, Ellie was uh, <clears throat> understandably, TJ, um, you know. That was really scary hold there on. for the first half, I would say. Uh, number four, I think, had like five threes in, in what felt like five minutes to start off the game. Um, but I'm just really proud of our resilience throughout um, those 40 minutes. I was going to say, understandably, uh, a little nervous when it was 30 to 12. Yeah, I know. And especially for her, right? She's playing in a in a sort of sudden death uh, opportunity here with a, a postseason single elimination yeah. tournament. Where if, you know, Ellie Mack loses, she's her collegiate career is is finished so the fact you're looking up at that scoreboard in the first half and going uh, 30 to 12 are we are we going to come back and she manages to uh storm all the way back and she gets to play again on sunday it'll be good uh john's talking with a wonderful caller we just got well it seemed was, like a wonderful a good conversation yeah it was a good guy no he he just made a good point i, I don't really know how it's done I don't know that anybody that's not on the inside knows how it's done, but on to our point we were making about the crowd, he took his grandkids and he said the kids were free, so maybe they weren't counted. Oh. I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, that's what I said. So what do we at? Uh, 200? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. But it was more than a lot more than 20. I thought it was 3,000. Oh, well. But I don't know. Maybe they miscounted. Yeah. That's always possible. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, what else did I want? Oh, uh, Talia von Ohoffen. Uh, the Duff twins. Now, one twin had a much better game than the other. But Talia was asked about the Duff twins. For sure. I mean, we knew they could shoot coming in. Um, we knew that it was going up if they had any room. So 
we definitely scouted that and it was just poor execution on our end in that first quarter but i was really proud of how we adjusted that throughout the game um and kind of shut him down in the second half so that was a big improvement from you know the first to the second half yep five three-pointers did she get them all five in the first quarter talia no, no, no. The uh, the older Duff. Well, not the older. They're twins. Uh, Letitia was five of nine from three. Someone said that she got them all in the first quarter. I missed the first half of the first quarter. Uh, I don't remember. That's well, a that's a wrong question. They were twelve of thirty-seven from three. The Beavers eight of twenty-seven. It was even in the free throws for the most part. Nine for nine for them. Eight for ten for the good guys. The Beavers out rebounded the Lobos fifty to thirty-four. Uh, and Oregon State, here's one thing that has plagued the Beavers this year on a couple of occasions, turnovers. They only had seven last night. That's great, taking care of the ball. Now, the Lobos only had four, but, um, yeah, they took care of the ball. That, that was good, very good. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this. Mike was doing some interviews, could not come on until 1240. So in 10 minutes, we'll talk with Mike. I'm going to say yes on all five of those three-pointers in the first quarter. Wow. I just counted, I think. I think I just counted five. Yeah. Going through the uh, play-by-play chart on the box score is a little, um, <laughs> can be a little complex. Right. Where you can, you read a lot of things. But I, I believe it was, so. They managed to keep her off the rest of the time. Yeah, they did. And uh, I thought Yelena Mitrovich was huge in in the uh, the second quarter. They just lobbed it into her. She was so much bigger than everybody else. No trouble gathering the ball, going up, turning, nice low post drop step, and scoring. And uh, and that opened things up for for more from the Beavers on the outside for the rest of the game. After that uh, performance by her, a double double. Twelve thirty. Let's uh, take a quick break. I'm going to gather some audio that. Carter, I think, sent us the other day yeah, he, from he Mitch Canham yeah. about baseball, and it's just raw post. Is it post game or is it it's Tuesday? Post game, yeah. Tuesday uh, stuff. Uh, there was no midweek availability, this so it was so it was post game Wednesday. after the game Wednesday. Okay, uh, that's coming up next on twelve forty Joe Radio. Looking for an appliance? Whirlpool Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen, refrigerators, freezers, dishwashers, cooking appliances, washers, and dryers. If it is an appliance or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance. We offer install and delivery on the product we sell. We even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street in Lebanon. Kellenberger Appliance, the best place to buy appliances. On the web at kellenbergers.com. Need an extra bed for the family? Expect an out-of-town guest this summer? Not sure where they're going to sleep? You could add a new bedroom onto the house. Or an easier and less expensive solution would be to buy a futon from Futon Man in Corvallis. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes. Their mattresses are highly resilient, have a long-lasting foam core, and are made right in the store. There's lots of decorative cover choices, too. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99, or online at futon-man.com. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. 
If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs. All right, uh, TJ, it is uh, 1233. Carter sent him some audio after the last game. Was that Wednesday? Wednesday, yep. And uh, in that Singleton versus uh, Seattle University, first question posed from the media pool to uh, Beaver coach Mitch Canham, who, by the way, was speaking with Mike Parker when I called Mike. So we'll talk with Mike here in about 10 minutes. Um, was about the performance of Jaron Hunter. You know, we're looking through 40s and go, hey, how many pits he's going? Oh, 39, you know. Um, attacking the zone, down in the zone. What I love is when, you know, our catcher's setting up and he's receiving the ball at the knees or right below the knees and he stayed consistent uh, with that. Worked in and out. Some we talk a lot about being able to throw inside and he got a lot of early swings, weak contact um, that allowed him to get, you know, in, uh, through five. You love that. You, you don't necessarily expect it, especially when you got a full bullpen. And hey, maybe you're going to get a handful of guys some looks today. But he was cruising, so it's hard not to just keep sending them out there. But also being mindful that, you know, going five innings first time this year, um, you don't want to stretch a guy out and put him at risk of anything. You know, every up, every pitch means something. DJ's come in in the ninth inning a couple of times now. What have you gotten from him kind of at the back end of the bullpen? Yeah. Big guy, throws hard, um, ball ball moves. He's been working real hard on his slider, too, getting some depth on that thing. Um, you know, even being up a handful of runs uh, at the end of the game right there, just the more times guys get touches, they can uh, sharpen their tool a little bit. Um, you know, he's he's really good arm side heaters, you know, and so we got to start working more on the, the glove side command as well. Um, but his mentality is something that, you know, not a lot of guys in the country that have that. So you love that approach, and he fires everybody up when he's leaving the pin, headed into the game. Um, but I think just sharpening up a little bit, glove side command, and uh, consistency with the slider. Seems like this might be one of those years where you don't necessarily have a defined closer. Would, would that be fair to say? It's just, you know, who you're feeling might give you the best chance at that time? Yeah, I think every guy wants the ball, um, and they're confident with everyone that comes out. I think. Each guy uh, has, a, has a handful of different strengths, and I think that also comes into where we're at and the matchup and the order. Um, you know, I don't think anyone worries too much about uh, the emotions that come with the ninth inning or can. It's just who's the right guy for the job on a given day and who's fresh. And we've got a handful of guys that can come in and finish it up. I mean, there's, you know, DJ and, and Verb have pitched late in the game, but... You know, don't be surprised if you see him earlier on in a big inning where the matchup just lines up right. Uh, Velo wins right here. Okay, DJ would be a great guy for that. Uh, you know, you need glove side command down in the zone. Bird's a good guy for that one. You need a changeup really plays right here. Brownie might be a good one for that. Or a slider guy, you got Seb. And so each guy has different strengths. I think it just plays into where they're at in their lineup. You give up three runs during the seventh. How did you like the team's offensive approach to come back 
and just grind runs every which way in the bottom of that inning to get that lead back. Yeah, it's something we've seen a lot of. Um, you know, we were, I wouldn't say fully present, um, you know, in a handful of those innings. And give up a couple doubles and a couple runs. Uh, kind of shook the guys a little bit and woke them up. You heard it from the banter in the dugout how, um, hey, wake up, time to go to work. Let's get some runs on the board. So it's funny, once something rattles them, they get very uh, alert in the box. They control the zone very well. And there's a handful of balls that, you know, guys checked off on that, you know, they maybe fell fell behind in the in the count or struck out on. But they don't, they don't chase out of the zone too much. And if they start to get frustrated, then they'll start to do that. So we just had a good conversation about sticking with our plan, regardless of, you know, what we thought the last outcome was. Um, and at the end of the day, like whoever executes the plan more often than not is going to win. Um, you know, we only had two free bases allowed today, one walk, one hit by pitch. Um, and that goes with the starter getting after it and setting the tone, which Jaren did nicely. And then taking advantage of when, um, you know, we got runners in scoring position. Uh, we had a lot of opportunities to score some runs early on. Um, and you know, runners in scoring position, what are you going to get? Breaking balls, so we got to be ready to hit those. They're not just going to feed a, a fastball for us to, to drive into the gap. So it's going to be better with our approach. It'll be a couple of weeks before we talk to you here again. You're heading out on the road, or there may be a couple of key points you're you're looking for. Uh, a couple of things you hope to accomplish on this road trip. Win, win them all. Got five five game road trip. The goal being win them all and execute our game plan. Make sure that we're prepared each and every day and then go out there with confidence to execute the plan. Um, you know, I, I know we got the guys to do it. Um, I just think that we get, continue to reiterate how important it is each day to come to the yard and be motivated to prepare uh, with every last hour. Mitch Canham. After the last game, getting ready for the series, and that was a couple of days ago. All right, Mike is ready to go. We'll take a break, come back, talk with Doc Parker, and then wrap up the show here for the week. Um, you can always text in. We're getting some good texts today, 541-497-5356 on the University Honda text line. Back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Have you seen Highland Bulls expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs! Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 73 years and is still here to help with all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating, cooling, and exhaust venting equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? 
Give Middleton Heating a call. Middleton offers several financing options for new equipment and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Give them a call or find them online at middletonheating.net. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley. An internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you're learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High-Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at Alirica.net. Alirica, the friendlier internet. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids has the right tires for the right price for your Prius, Toyota, and all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Come meet Dave's new tire expert, Eddie, with 27 years' experience in the industry and save today. Need an oil change? Get $20 off your next oil service at Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Looking for an appliance, Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen, refrigerators, freezers, dishwashers, cooking appliances, washers, and dryers. If it is an appliance or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance. We offer install and delivery on the product we sell. We even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street in Lebanon. Kellenberger Appliance, the best place to buy appliances. On the web at kellenbergers.com. All right. I love it when a plan comes together. We just made a quick adjustment. That's all. Mike says, he calls me and he says, I, I, I'm, I'm interviewing, I'm talking, I'm, I, can't, I can't do it. I've got Mitch right now. I'm like, oh, go, man, go. Because, Doc, I know that when you have opportunity, you take advantage of it. So easy well, adjustment. And, and Johnny, yeah, and just to clarify, you know, it's one of those rare opportunities that you know you, you do take advantage of, go, man, go, in terms of, it was the first time really since uh, Mitch Cannon became the Pat Casey head baseball coach where it was just Mitch and uh, me in a lobby with no one else around and him sharing a lot of things. Yes, that makes any sense. Absolutely. Not just, not just coach speak for the broadcast, right. which he's good at, and the coaches are genuinely, I mean, they're authentic in those settings, but I was getting, you know, just kind of the whole story about how, you know, just different things have occurred under his watch since he's been here and, mm-hmm. you know, different challenges and things that, yeah. that I know that he's faced. But this was this is the first road trip I've been on with Mitch, Doc. Really? And I haven't been to Cal since 2018. Now, so, I mean, this, this all felt very new and fresh and yeah. strange, to be honest with you yesterday, to be on a bus with the baseball team for the first time since 2019 mm-hmm. in three years, but the first time in the Mitch Cannum era. And it's been enjoyable. You know, I, I really have enjoyed being back kind of in the baseball world. No trips for me in 20. You handled what, what there were in those 14 yep. games. We didn't travel last year. Uh, I did not travel at all, say, for the regional. And even then, while I was in the same hotel with the guys, the interviews that I did with Mitch and with players were done via Zoom, yeah. even though we're physically in the same spot. Yeah. It was strange. But yeah. this feels... This feels a little more like it ought to be. Well, I get it. And, you know, a little bit behind the curtain when when you get close to, to coaches, 
they'll share with you. And it's not for air, but it, it helps you because it gives you a, yeah. a better perspective on how to present right. the product that you're presenting without True. revealing, you know, anything that, that they wouldn't want out there. It's just you feel more you feel part of the family when that happens. And uh, Yeah, no doubt. And and for that, for that, I I genuinely and it's been a long time for me because I was connected with women's basketball and when changes were made I was like, oh wow, okay, all right. Well, mm-hmm. this is this is the business. Be a professional. And just hearing about Carrie and Stephen uh, Stephen Thompson, I just feel bad for them. But at the same time, changes have to be made when when things get to where they they have they were this year. Uh, it's it's a rough one. John, it is, and you, you're talking about tremendous men in Carrie Rupp and Stephen Thompson yep. Senior, which. Uh, Wayne or no one would disagree with who know those guys. And I'm, I'm glad that I read in the release that Sean put out earlier today, Sean Scheffler, that, that it's believed, right? Didn't this, the, wasn't there something about Stevie will continue yes. in a, in a, in yeah. a role with the program, which I'm so grateful for. So glad to hear his influence and, and imprint on the program is a profound one with his family, his two sons who meant so much to the program and always will. Stevie always will. It's a great family uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, I just think the, you know, the contributions and assets that Stevie can continue to be in a different role, whatever the role, his presence in the program is important and strong. And so, you know, I, I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I'm just hoping all of those things work out from the standpoint that he's okay and will continue to know he can have an influence and an impact on the lives of of uh, young men, which he's had in a very profound way. He's a great man, great family. And Kerry is, too. This was the year. It's, it's, it's disappointing to me mm-hmm. that this was a year, and I don't know if you ever, I think you may have even heard me talking about on the air this year, getting to know Coach Rupp through the years, mm-hmm. but getting to know him more this year with various stories. He was telling me about Carl Malone and John Stockton and Rick Majerus and his own experiences. I just thought, wow, this is cool. I look forward to learning more from Kerry yeah, about yeah. his, his well-traveled basketball life and the influence that uh, Carl and the late Rick Majerus had on him. And he was just opening up and sharing a lot more stuff with me this year. And, and just sort of what I'm talking about, being able to travel again and being able to sit in lobbies or airport uh, gates waiting for mm-hmm. a flight, that's when you have a chance to, to talk uh, beyond just turning on the microphone for a three and a half minute scouting report. Yeah, oh yeah. You I know? mean, so, they, they so relax I value those stories, times yeah. and yeah. I certainly value the time I just had with Mitch as well as the pregame interview, which will air later today with Mitch, probably around five forty five, five fifty. I talked to Jaron Hunter in this same lobby, a young man who's dreamed of being a beaver for a long time and talked about his heroes when he would come to games with his dad and his uncle who had season tickets for Beaver football and baseball and Jaron threw really well the other day against uh, Seattle U five innings, no runs, very economical. So Jaron's the pregame show guest coming up around uh, five thirty-five or so. Mike, uh, more to the matchup tonight. I mean, a treat of a pitching matchup really is, right? Yes. Oh my. Yes, it is. Cooper Jerpy and I talked to to Mitch. One of the things. You know, we were reminiscing as we always do, and it, it's also true a privilege for me to have been around the program now for you know a couple of decades plus, and being able to see the various trips down here and, and all the other spots around this great league 
and remembering Friday Night Lights with guys like Dallas Buck against Brandon Morrow. And so I talked to Mitch a little bit about how Cooper Jerpy is genuinely establishing himself in the great Friday night tradition that the Beavers have had in this conference through the years. And, and uh, Mitch talks a little bit about that in our pregame show uh, today. And so it, he, uh, he, he reminisces a little bit, but then we jump right back into what has made Cooper you know, five starts, five wins, five and zero, oh, an earned run average of under two, and Mitch breaks that down pretty well. So I think the listeners will enjoy hearing that, TJ. And the other guy is uh, his numbers aren't as impressive, but he has impressive stuff. And Mitch also talks about what Josh White, the threat that Josh poses, and what the Beavers will need to do with him. Suffice it to say, there'll be a bunch of scouts. There's not always big crowds at uh, Evans Diamond for Cal baseball, but. Maybe half of them will be scouts because this is a true uh, great Friday night uh, matchup in the Pac-12. And uh, Cooper number one in strikeouts, and Josh White number two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and now Josh, Josh got out of the gate really impressively. Three straight starts to open the year with plus ten strikeouts, and the strike. The last couple of outings have been a little shaky for him. He didn't have his control against Arizona, but he pitched into the eighth inning against USC. Now, he gave up some runs in that game, too. So, Josh White is not coming in on the same kind of trajectory that Cooper Jerpy has been on all year and getting better, it seems, with each start. But Josh pitching at home on a Friday night with great stuff and talent, with all the scouts on hand and so on, I expect a good show from both of them tonight. Um, any information, or do you want to hold it so you don't scoop yourself, on Fennig's? <laughs> Uh, no, no information, no update per se, other than there's still the, the a, a sure conviction that it's coming sooner rather than later. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I don't, yeah. he's not, I, uh, he, he, I don't, I don't think he's on the trip. I'm trying to remember. There's so many guys that go on trips. Yeah. He, he may, he may be on the trip, but I, but I don't think, I don't expect to see him this weekend perhaps next uh, a little bit of work well, next that'd be week. great we'll that'd next great. weekend we'll see now the other thing too is um and i don't know that they're you're really giving anything away it, it would be material for talking about during the course of the play-by-play and that is with your conversation with mitch if they feel and and coach dorman if they feel like they're getting any closer to finding a guy like a jaron hunter who gives you five good innings who mm-hmm. can step up for a sunday role or certainly tuesday or wednesday role yeah, and those are those are conversations that are ongoing, and those storylines evolve. You know, we were talking about as the season goes. I think a listener called or texted about the third man in 2018. And go ahead and cue up Anton Karras. Anytime <laughs> I mention the third man, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Anton Karras, you you all we always the conversation's always the same. But once you hear the zither music, oh oh yeah, I know that because we talk about it all the time. Now. In, in the case with the Beavers, with two starters who haven't been able to, you know, go uh, Jake lately and Will not at all this year, and Will won't pitch this year. So you're almost looking for the second and the third men in the rotation. But Jacob Kamatz has shown clear signs of the emerging into a Saturday role. Sunday is still somewhat in flux. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, you, you just touched on a couple of guys, John, in Ferrer, who had five strong innings midweek. Uh, or five strong innings in his last outing. 
uh, could could end up perhaps challenging for a Sunday look. Uh, we'll see. I mean, A.J. Lattery, Jaron Hunter, Ian Lawson, there's guys that are all, I think, vying and competing, and we'll see how innings play out this weekend. Uh, I'm not sure who the Sunday starter is. When I asked, was not given a de- definitive answer. Uh, A.J. Lattery probably again, but yeah. we'll wait and see for Sunday. So, Mike, uh, I was thinking about this over the weekend as, you know, the the Beavers take two of three from ASU and you know, win the midweek against Seattle U. I mean, we were anticipating some freshman impact in the lineup with, with Travis Bazana, but really I think Mason Guerra almost had a more impressive weekend overall and really kind of like cemented himself and on that left side of the infield, it seemed uh, as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a big weekend for him, no doubt. And he was already taking steps in the direction of seizing that, that everyday job. But the thing that I like to see, though, <laughs> and I think I think he's a real guy who will continue to hold it down, but the reality is you go eight for eight, and then in the last game, I think he went two for four or two for three, uh, he ended up nine for eleven uh, in the series against Arizona State, but he started out eight for his first eight. But then the nine for eleven leads to not having a big day offensively. Then against Seattle, <laughs> it's just the cruel game of baseball, and that that sense of resignation that that all hitters have if they're hitting above five hundred. We all know it ain't going to last. <laughs> so outs will be made, and the average will come down, and it has a yeah, little bit. Sure. It's just the reality of the game. But I'm hoping that he can bring the same confidence to the plate tonight. He's facing, as you've already alluded to, TJ, a true dude in Josh White who will challenge Mason and all hitters with good stuff. So Mason, to kind of get back in the groove that he was in against Arizona State, is going to take some real work on his part. But I do like the fact that as a freshman, he's jumping to the opportunity. At the same time now, uh, Matthew Gretler yesterday at the workout at Evans Diamond that I attended, and I'm glad to be able to see one of those, a full practice. Matt Gretler was driving the ball well, and it's almost as though that sense of competition that you always want to have all the time, the Tim Salmon doctrine that I shared during the Grand Canyon Series, Salmon as a coach, always telling everybody, you got to compete every pitch and every play because there's always somebody looking to take your job. And so I think Matt Gretler has looked and said, well, okay, Okay, I see the kid doing what he's doing. He's been in the program a long time as Matthew, and I think he's kind of saying, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta win the thing back on my own." And that's the type of competition you love to see. Back on the matchup that you, you mentioned, Mike, with you know facing Josh White tonight. I mean, you can go back to the to the other side with Jerpy, and then Dylan Beavers for Cal, who you know he might be a first round pick as a left handed hitting yes. outfielder. He is as good as it gets too. Well, he is, and he's having a good year. He's hit seven homers. Cal as a team has hit 23, which is second in the league. So they've got some pop. We know the ball didn't carry much last night. I'm expecting, I'm not sure what to expect tonight, but some cool marine air came coming in off the East Bay. It got kind of foggy and cool. And by the time we left, it was 48 degrees last night, and the ball was not jumping and carrying. And that, that's okay with me. I've got, I'll have a story tonight about what Mike Epstein used to deal with as a left-handed hitter with power, a la Beavers, who can hit home runs. He's a good a good hitter. His average has not been what they expected it to be. He's, he hit 16 bombs last year, I think, but or 18 maybe to leave the league. I'll, I've got it all I don't have in front of me right now. He's a true threat, no doubt about it. But 
I'm not sure how much the ball is going to jump tonight in the, in the evening, but the other days it could. The two o'clock game tomorrow and noon on Sunday. But Beavers is a is a genuine threat, and they've got quite a few guys up and down the lineup with their 23 homers that can hurt you. Mike, let me throw two texts at you because I'm I'm not sure. Um, yeah, is Cope still on the team? Is the question? He's redshirting, right, Hunter? Yes. Yeah. No, I don't. Exp- he is on the roster, but yeah. not not on the right. And uh, no, we don't expect to see him this year. And Joey Munt, is he still? I- I- He's still on the roster and still with the team, but also uh, is unlikely to to pitch this year for the team. I haven't heard anything official. Yeah. But that's the sen- I think that's the direction we're moving in. All right, Michael. Have a have a good weekend. And so, tell um, me real quick, yeah. uh, Beavers. I don't know what's going on. Whether it's pretty exciting. Last night on the bus coming back. Oh, Beavers down eleven. Beavers down. You know the women's basketball yeah, team, yeah. and and other people saying, "Oh, it looks like they may not get. To, they may not to move on." And I thought, well, every game they're down early. It seems pretty big. <laughs> yeah, even. but they were down and eighteen. Yet, they just plod, they plod, they work, they defend, they get hot, and they win. I don't mind that. I'm the, the 11, 12, 14-point deficits, they just simply brush them aside, it seems. Well, I, I thought I thought there were two factors last night. One, uh, after they got down 18 at the end of the first quarter, they started going into Yelena Mitrovic. She is mm-hmm. so much taller than the, than the rest of the entire Lobo team. It was like... Little kid basketball, just throw it into her, and she gathered strong, had a nice drop step, and would go up and score at will. She gets a double-double. That got the Beavers back within eight by halftime, and then the rest of the way they were able to do other things. Um, The other thing was, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit Talia, she goes 25. But I thought, and I still think, I I put this out here on the show, that this year's version of a Jamie Wisner, as far as the glue, is uh, Ellie Mack. And she mm-hmm. kind of took over in, in a leadership role. And that's that's how the Beavers are, are coming back from these early deficits. It's crazy. So tell me before, I, I know you're running out of time. They got UCLA when? Uh, at Gill, right? But when noon. and what time? Noon Sunday. What day? Noon Sunday on Sunday. when? Noon. Noon Sunday. So we'll have baseball and women's hoops at the same time. Yeah. So yes. Toggle, toggle. I hope people will toggle back and forth. You'll be on the, Joe. You'll be, yeah, you'll be on Joe. They'll be on Clue. And yeah, absolutely. Okay. Big time. Thanks, oh, guys. and softball at noon, too, on the same day. Okay. Wow. Wow. Thanks, Michael. Have a great one, guys. Have Good a great call. Be listening. All right. There's uh, Doc Bye. Parker joining us here from Berkeley, California. And he was mentioning the ball carrying at Cal. I remember watching Spencer Torkelson hit a ball, talking about carry onto the roof in left center field. I don't know what building is. He went over the fence on top Evans of a Diamond? building at Evans Diamond. I haven't seen that. I'd like to see that that venue and see a game there. That just that was the memory that triggered when he said, oh, the ball might not carry. I'm like, oh, I've seen the ball carry very far there. <laughs> if you're Spencer Torkelson. Yeah. Or Andrew Vaughn. He had a lot of them there, too. Yeah. Great show. Yeah, a that was good. A lot of fun. Um, thanks to Doc Parker. Who else do we have? Carter did not show. No. We'll get we'll get him. He, yeah, we'll <laughs> reel with us. We'll get him on Monday. We want to hear some football talk from Carter Baines. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. TJ, we will see you Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, and uh, pregame just, five fifteen. That's right. K E J O Corvallis and translator K two two nine D I Corvallis, the home of the Beavers. Twelve forty, Joe Radio.